You're listening to the Shut Up and Teach podcast. I'm your host, Elijah Carbajal. Let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Elijah here. Before we get to the episode, I just wanted to ask you a question. Have you heard? My book has been released. I would be so honored if you would read my book, A Place They Love. Here's how you can purchase the book to read it. It's available on the EduMatch website. It's available on Amazon in three formats, paperback, hardback, and Kindle, and available at Barnes & Noble in paperback and ebook. I hope that you'll check it out. I hope that you'll leave an awesome review. I hope that you'll share it with a friend. Now, let's get to the episode. everybody welcome back to another episode of the shut up and teach podcast it's your host elijah carvajal the uh not the but a reading interventionist out of albuquerque new mexico i am not the of anything um but um i'm happy to have mark henry with me today as my guest um mark um and i have we connected mark when did we connect it was like just before the pandemic or something like that right something like that yeah just before the pandemic and i think we connected via twitter i think one of uh my other friends had mentioned your name and we had just really kind of hit it off after that yeah i remember that so well anyway mark thank you for being being here and welcome to the show how you doing today i'm uh pretty good i uh got my morning coffee in and you know, kind of still waking up a little bit here, but we're uh, we're happy as Saturday for sure. Yeah, for sure. Saturday on a three-day weekend. So that Definitely. makes it a little bit better. So awesome. Uh, yeah, I've had my coffee this morning, a couple cups already. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get into it if you are as well. So uh, Mark, why don't you go ahead and take um, take some time to share a little bit about who you are and what you do in education and you know anything else you feel comfortable sharing sure so my name is mark henry i work as a teaching assistant a special ed teaching assistant in the brookfield school district of elmbrook which is about um maybe 15 minutes outside of milwaukee i live in milwaukee um i have this is going on my 11th year uh, all in the same district, all in special education. But it's weird because when I graduated college, I actually graduated with a degree in general education. But my background led me to special education, working one-on-one -on -one with students just because I had some previous experience working with that for about maybe 15 to 20 years now. Um, whether it's just being like in-home respite care um, doing respite care for like summer camps, things like that. Um, so definitely a lot of experience working with special needs. Um, 
over the years that really kind of gives me a wealth of knowledge going into my position here. During my free time, I enjoy things like skiing, just being outdoors, being active, uh, frisbee golf, golf, hanging out by the lakefront in Milwaukee, the festivals that Milwaukee has in the summer. So really like to keep myself busy. Nice. Yeah, and we uh, we share a lot of the same same some of the same interests here, especially in music as well. So be you know the last question is going to be about <laughs> what are you listening to. So keep that. I'm really yeah. keep that on your mind, and and I'm really curious to know that answer. But um, sure. But thank you very much uh, for that response. You mentioned um, you said you you know you graduated with a degree in general ed, but you said my background led me to to a uh, special education. Could you talk a little bit about that and what, what, you know, what your background was in that and then, um, you know, how that led you into special education? Sure. Um, so I had started my career in special education, working with a, uh, child that, um, was my employer, my mom's employer's child. Um, and I just did like some summer respite for him, just kind of watching him day in and day out. He had Down syndrome, really cool kid. And that just kind of got me on the train and rolling with like, hey, you know, like I can do this. This is really kind of up my alley. And these kids really have a lot to offer that maybe I haven't thought about in the past. I went on from there to work at um, the Wisconsin Lions camp, which is a separate entity of the Wisconsin Lions Foundation, which you may have seen, like the Lions Mints when you go to a diner or something like that. Um, so I worked with them for three years on a range of different disabilities, whether that be hearing impaired, um, cognitive disabilities, um, like autism. Um, they also did diabetes, physical ailments. Um, and that was great because I used to be actually a participant in their summer camp when I was younger. So going back as an alumnus and helping them out um, now for four years, I went back two years ago to help out for three weeks. Um, it's just always great to give back, I think, to a place that gave so much to you as well when you were growing up and helped you kind of shape yourself as an individual when it comes to um, having a disability, whether that be a actual physical disability or an um, invisible disability. Um, and then from there, I mean, I went into my general education field at the college and everything was great. And I really, really enjoyed that. But when I got out, um, I actually graduated without certification because I had a lot of health ailments in my final te student teaching semester. Um, so talking to my advisor, she's like, well, you can graduate without the certification and you can find other jobs within education that are suitable to you that you don't necessarily need a certification for. Um, and that led me to work for an all special needs high school called Fairview South. And I did that for seven years um, with age ranges between probably 13 and 21 year olds um, with severely cognitively disabled individuals. And then um, just recently here, four years ago, I moved to the public middle school and I've been doing uh, middle school special ed um, ever since. And I love it. Nice. So uh, I, first of all, I love your passion for, for special education because, you know, that, you know, they 
honestly, special education teachers and pre-K teachers and their EAs work extremely, extremely hard. I call out them specifically because I feel like we, we know that general education teachers work their butts off. We know that they're in the trenches doing, doing the heavy lifting and all that, but we also know that SPED and, and pre-K and all those groups there, that they are also a lot, you know, in the trenches working with us too. It's not just, hey, go to the SPED teacher and, you know, be babies, you know, they're going to babysit you for this time. You're actually working just as hard. And so I appreciate you and your passion for, for special education. I just had a thought though, um, as, as you were talking, you know, let's, I'm going to pose a scenario to you. Let's say that you were to go back into the general education setting. How, how, how would your experience now working with special education, how would that kind of shape some things for you? Maybe your point of view or your perspective on things, how would that work out for you in a general education setting? Absolutely. I love that question. Um, for me, I think it really has to start with your special education students. And one way that you do that is by planning and designing your lessons with a UBD model, if you're familiar with universal backwards design, which really looks at each individual and their needs. And you design your lesson based around, okay, what can the student achieve and where do I want them to go? And you start with your lowest tier students, which are your special education students, and kind of build your lesson around them in terms of the COTA's levels of questioning. Um, so what, um, what are my students able to do? What questions might they be able to answer? And then what are my higher level students with higher level thinking skills going to be able to do? And how can I design my lesson instead of thinking about all the higher level needs of those students? Think about your lower level tier students and build your lesson in that kind of backwards design model. I love that the the differentiation that you talk about, you know, is super huge and super important, right? And you mentioned, you know, starting with SPED, working your way up. So it's not that you're neglecting the, the you know, if we'll use it, the higher tier students, you know, the more, you know, you're still enriching things for them. You're still meeting their needs. But I love that you you just you have this, this student, you're very student-led, very student-minded, and, and regardless of their level, you, you are able to work in all this differentiation for them, so I love that. Um, so with that, you know, um, you also have a, a big passion for inclusion, um, and so I was hoping you could uh, talk a little bit about that. What kind of sparked this passion for inclusion and, you know, what does that look like in your classroom? Um, for me, I think the passion really goes from my own experience in school. I didn't have a great experience growing up in school with regard to inclusion. I mean, having a disability myself, being the only student in that school to have a physical disability, uh, I was definitely left out of a lot of activities, a lot of uh, group work, things like that, just because kids didn't want to be inclusive. And I hated that. And I'm and going into teaching, I'm like, I don't want that for my students. I want my students to feel like they have a place where they belong, can be included, and feel like they belong. So that definitely drives my passion for inclusion. In the classroom, I think a lot of that comes down to um, just making sure that students feel that, you know, the door is open for them if they want to join in on any kind of activity, 
whether it be academic or social, um, that the door is always open to them, that they don't have to feel that they're different from everybody else. And while it's important that we celebrate um, individual differences, we got to make sure that everyone feels that when they come to school, that's a place where everybody belongs and everyone can feel that they're included. So in the classroom, that may mean that you pair these students up with a familiar peer when it comes to group work. Um, you may decide to do um, things like cahoots, which I know that you're a big fan of, mm -hmm. which gets everyone involved and it's kind of a competition as to who can do better. And my special ed kids love that because they're in competition, not only with themselves, but with everyone else to show what they can do and what they know. And who doesn't love a good cahoot too? So, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, things like, things like recess too, whether it be, you don't have to necessarily throw the football to the student every time, but just get them on a team and playing with everybody else so that they feel that they're a part of this group. And then they're going to make friends going forward with this, um, you know, group that wants to be inclusive and friends towards the student. And really, once those friendships are made, that's when the real magic happens and real work gets done because now the student feels like they're a part of something bigger than just themselves. Part of something bigger than themselves. I love that. I love that. So along with inclusion, you know, comes relationships. And you're a big proponent of building relationships with students, as I've seen um, on your social media accounts and then, you know, just in conversation with you. So um, I wonder if you could take some time to also speak to that, like the importance of building relationships, maybe a couple strategies for teachers on you know things that they could do to foster healthy relationships with students. Um, I would say one of my biggest strategies for fostering relationships with students is let them lead the conversations. Find what their interests are, things that you maybe have in common, but let them lead the conversations. Uh, so that's strategy number one. Strategy number two is our kids are so involved in things outside of school. Find out what they are involved in and then talk about that. One of the strategies that um, me and other teachers that I work with like to do is every Monday morning we talk about what did they do over the weekend? Because we know our students are involved in sports and other extracurriculars. We want to hear about that. We want to know what are you doing? You know, maybe did you play? Did you do really well? Did you kind of fall on your butt? Like, like what happened? And why should we be celebrating this or saying like, oh, darn, you'll get a next time kind of thing. And our students want to share things that they do outside of school with us. They want to build those relationships. So it's really important that we give them a chance to do that. Um, I would say for me with relationship building, it boils down to the relationships that I form with my students um, help me to see them in a different light than just that academic student in the classroom. But also when the relationships are formed, they're more likely to come to me with questions that they have when they're stuck on something in class. I see a lot of times like students, you know, they're kind of timid towards, you know, I don't wanna be that student that always has the questions raising their hand, like I don't know the information. But when students feel that they are comfortable with the teachers and going to them for that help, like that makes all the difference. And then you see the students pop up in the 
always saying like, hey, Mr. Henry, what's up? Or, hey, Mr. Henry, what are you doing this weekend? Whereas before, you're just kind of that, you know, other teacher to them. And I don't want to be that, quote, unquote, other teacher to them. I want to be in a role where I'm not only advising them throughout the day and working with them on their academics, but also someone that they feel that they can have a social conversation with in the hallways. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that response. Thank you for that. And, you know, the power of building relationships is, is amazing. You know, I'm sure you've seen, you know, tremendous growth from students and, you know, just powerful connections um, that you've built over time just through, just through relationships. So um, I appreciate all that you do. And um, you mentioned, <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, do you ever go out and play recess? <laughs> do you go to recess with them? I don't have recess duty, unfortunately. I'm stuck. Uh, I'm stuck instructing every uh, all seven hours of the day, unfortunately. So yeah, I don't you. have I don't have lunch or recess duty. So when I do get those rare times when I'm subbing for a class and I get to go out or I get to play gym with, um, I get to go to gym class with you know some kids and play like a volleyball game like I did this week. You know, I really cherish those moments because the kids basically just light up like oh my gosh, Mr. Henry's going to join us. Like, I hope he, you know, passes the ball to me or, you know, I hope my team wins and I hope Mr. Henry kicks a home run for our team and we win kind of thing. Like, it's really cool to see the kids' faces light up when you can join them in an activity that they wouldn't otherwise think that you could join them in. Yeah, exactly. Like, they they begin to see you as a human being, right? (laughs) Absolutely. and, And because you step into, like, their world first, huh? Yeah. Which, which brings me to another point that I didn't know if you were going to bring up or not. But, like, for me in school, I love being a visible teacher. So whether that be, you know, some kind of uh, social justice, um, meth, um, means of inclusion, um, LGBT rights, you know, I like being that teacher that will wear some article of clothing or otherwise speak out against social injustices. And when students see that, too like that sparks the conversation and they see you in a different light too they're seeing you as someone that's approachable on those issues which making them more comfortable to be themselves as well in the school community that's amazing that's amazing um you know so shameless plug i wrote a book but um (laughs) in there there's a there's a chapter called polyphonic voices which is you know referring to this like making sure every every voice is heard and you know the inclusion piece of education there so um how is it that you make every voice how do you provide those opportunities for students to share who they are oh that's a question for me okay oh, yeah, yeah 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 question, question to you yeah um how do i make sure that every student's voice is heard um i think it again just boils down to relationships you know, like I found out um, the other week that um, I was doing something that went against a student's um, identity, and I felt really bad about that. Um, so I had to definitely repair that relationship. But again, well, I think it boils down to relationships. When you're trying to form relationships with students, knowing that maybe they have a background in this and a background in that, or they feel a certain way towards this or a certain way towards that, and you can... Um, feel free to disagree with the students, but at the same time, you got to know where those students are coming from. And I, for me, it's some of the challenges that they're facing in school are same challenges that I faced when I was in school. 
And if I knew that I had an ally on my side to support me in those challenges, I would have felt so much better in school and been more confident in school to be myself versus how I did act and how I did behave towards those challenges when I was a kid growing up. Yeah. And it's great now that you can turn around and see like, man, all those things that I wish I had, you know, I can now be that person for students. I absolutely love that. Um, Mark, thank you. This has been a great discussion. So I'm going to throw out my last question to you now here. Okay. Which is the, which is the three part question. I'm actually going to make it a four part question just, just for you today. Okay. So, um, well, I'll ask it as a separate question. So first of all, what coffee did you have this morning? Uh, I had a salted caramel latte this morning, which is something a little bit different than I would have normally done. But unfortunately, the specialty drink that I really wanted to go with, they aren't serving anymore because it's not the holidays. So I was uh, kind of disappointed with that because I like my peppermint mochas. Um, but um, yeah, it was something different. I'm not going to say it was bad, but it gave me the energy I needed this morning. So that's working for me. <laughs> There you go. I love it. I love it. Uh, what, what about you, man? What did you uh, What did you drink this morning? So this morning, uh, I had two cups this morning. So my first cup I had um, is called Blackbeard's Delight. It's a black rifle. Yeah, uh, you showed strain. me the container. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it's like a medium roast, and it was really, really good. I started with that one because it has a higher level of caffeine, so it kind of kicked me into gear. Um, but I just, before we jumped on our conversation, finished up a cup of, uh, New Mexico Pinon coffee. So very, right. very New Mexico true right there. <laughs> okay. So, uh, well, thank you for sharing that. Let's get to this three-part question here. Um, Mark Henry, what are you listening to? What are you watching and, or what are you reading? Um, geez. Um, well, I listen to a bunch of different music, as we kind of talked about with our musical taste a lot. Um, I love listening to hard rock, you know, on those hard days, whether it be Skillet or Disturbed. Um, I uh, just created a new playlist, actually, that I call Rock. I have some Falling in Reverse on there, so just something new to listen to. Um, but it's funny because, like, I love EDM, too. And I don't know if you're a big fan of EDM or not, but um, yeah. but for me, EDM can put me in a really great mood if I just find that one song that really speaks to me, and I'll play it over and over and over again. Because um, I feel like with EDM, especially, like, house music and trance, some of the messages are just really moving and can really speak to you. So if you get a good beat, good vocals behind it, EDM is definitely the way to go, and that will definitely spark a good mood in, in me, for sure. Um, my favorite band is actually an alternative band, Eve Six from the 90s. I don't know if you remember them with uh, hits like Inside Out and Here to the Night. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's definitely my favorite band. I will listen to that band almost on every road trip I go on. But uh, yeah, I'm just kind of all over the place with my musical taste, so... Uh, definitely shout out to punk rock, uh, teachers and, uh, giving me some of the musical suggestions to listen to on my drive in in the morning. And, you know, you as well, Elijah, you always are there with good suggestions of new stuff to listen to. So, 
keep those suggestions coming. Will do. Um, let's see. Things that I'm watching currently. I am definitely a big sports fan. I love the Milwaukee Bucks. So definitely a big basketball fan. Whether it's Milwaukee or not, I will watch basketball, college or professional, all the time. Uh, the Packers are out of the playoffs, unfortunately. So I don't know how much more football I'll be watching. But, you know, other than sports, I don't really watch a whole lot of uh, TV. You've been telling me to get into Abbott Elementary. So I have Hulu, so I'll have to get into that a little bit. But, uh, yeah, not a big TV watcher. Um at all and then for books uh i enjoy doing short stories or uh or poems short stories and poems i just finished up your book which was a great read that really kind of reignited my passion for teaching and then um i really want to get into dave Grohl's new book so i have it downloaded right now on Spotify, the audiobook. So I just got to give that a listen. So that's uh, my next adventure here. Nice. Well, first of all, thank thank you for the comments about the book. Thank you for reading. I appreciate that. Um, but then Dave Grohl's book, I, I listened to it as well. So I'm glad you're going to listen to it too, because he is the, like he reads the story, Dave Grohl does. And he does such a phenomenal job. And like, you'll get hooked in immediately. Like it's, that's a phenomenal book. Looking forward to it. Heck yeah. Well, Mark, thank you again so much for being on the show. Um, I've appreciated our conversation and uh, really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm sure that our listeners have as well and will probably want to follow you. So um, is there any way uh, you could share? Well, there is a way. So I'm going to have you <laughs> share. <laughs> I think I need another cup of coffee today. Um, <laughs> not so a bad gonna, idea <laughs> so I'm going to let you share uh, really quickly how can listeners find you on social media and follow what you're doing yeah definitely the easiest way to find me on social media is on Twitter uh, it's just simple teaches Mark T-E-A-C-H-E-S Mark M-A-R-K uh, that's probably where I'm most active um, with anything teacher related things like that. So yeah, you can definitely find me there. Awesome. I'll put your uh, link to link to your profile there on Twitter in the show notes. Uh, so people can check it out. Um, so yeah, thank you again, Mark Henry. I appreciate your time today. And this was a fun conversation. This was a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Listeners, thank you for joining us. I hope you can connect with Mark. I hope you will share this podcast with um, some more friends of yours, some more educator friends. Let them know about the Shut Up and Teach podcast and all the great um, conversations that we have just like this one here. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Shut Up and Teach podcast. I hope that you'll check out previous episodes, and I hope that you'll share this with a friend or a colleague.